It's Saturday, February 5th, 2022, and you're listening to episode 589 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 32 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Wayne. My name's Chad. I'm Brodor. We do have an announcement we're going to leave this one off with. Mm -hmm. Not exactly a happy announcement. I don't know. It's a necessary (laughs) announcement. Necessary? Is it necessary to drink my own urine? No, (laughs) No, but it's sterile. I like the taste of it. (laughs) That's like, is that from something? It's from Dodgeball. Oh, okay. What are you, a fucking Philistine? What is this? You're the one who didn't watch Home Alone, instead made out with a hot chick. Yes, Debbie Horn. How dare you? Mm. For a show that is now approaching its... 17th no i'm sorry 16th anniversary 16th anniversary i suppose this is something of an inevitability Mm. which is that unfortunately chad will be departing the show god there's a whole bunch of people who just cheered yeah as a bunch (laughs) of people just cheered a bunch of people just cried the upside to this is we just talked about Mm. this downstairs before we started recording yeah i sprung it on them there yeah we did not know this was coming there's no drama there's no fight between the hosts this is not i can't stand your face this is not the end of the show i've already got some people i'm looking at for replacement Mm -hmm. hosts fear the boot is still going to move forward but unfortunately at least for the foreseeable future maybe forever who knows Mm -hmm. we will be losing chad from the show so that he can focus on some things in his life which I realize is the generic answer (laughs) HR always gives as to why people are leaving. But in this case, it really is true. The real answer is it's Brodor's rice farts. Oh, God. If those Uh, haven't driven me away yet, though. I have so many issues. One, I I know. I think this (laughs) is a result of the fact that Chad has tried to fire me on multiple occasions, Mm -hmm. and none of them has been successful. I know. Uh, but honestly, I'm super butthurt that we didn't talk about this at dinner, that we had a nice leisurely dinner. We had a great conversation. Dan and I are drinking. I've got a couple bottles of sake in me and everything's fun. It was such a nice conversation. We come back to the house and Mm -hmm. then you kick me in the dick. Right. Well, it was such a nice conversation. And it wasn't even a push people on the floor dinner. (laughs) We actually ate like adults. Right. For once. Yes. It was great. But anyway, the point is, though, that while it is unfortunate this is happening, please do know that for real, there is no drama between the hosts. And I am already looking at some new people to fill Chad's shoes. You can't fill my shoes. How dare you? Well, no, I leave this this mic empty. Jokes aside, I I can't. I will not find another Chad. I will find someone else who has their own perspective and their own ideas, who will bring their own thoughts to the show. That's a really good thing, too, because the show has gone through many iterations over the years, even when we didn't change hosts or anything. But most of the time when when there was a lineup change, the tone, the topics, the subject matter, it changes and evolves over the years. And for (laughs) anyone wondering what this means for the AP, in the short term, it doesn't mean anything. Chad's still going to be on the AP for now. We'll see what happens in the future when Broder betrays us and leaves us all. But (laughs) it does sound like at least tentatively... The Blades AP will yep. be Chad's last AP. Yes. 
that he will stay with the AP through the end of the Blaze Which is arcs. a great thing. Again, you guys can play Shadowrun. Battletech, you mean. And Battletech, Shadowrun, Fallout, all that crap. Our most requested <laughs> thing is a Battletech yeah. AP, and now that may finally happen. Mm-hmm. So Think of all the cap ship stuff you can talk about, yeah. all the Battletech topics. Transformers. Tra- oh, oh, we'd have a Transformers all, AP? Yeah. yeah. All the Transformers. Well, if it's going to Transformers, then my exit from the show will also be expedited. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. No, it won't. <laughs> you are allowed no volition. You are allowed no self-determination. You are just our bitch. What are you, my wife? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, topic for today This is one that is more perspective than advice. And maybe there's advice insofar as having this perspective is advice. But there was something I was thinking about this past week, which is we talk a lot about how in gaming, it's your free time. And especially the farther you get into life and the more busy you get, which is Unfortunately, (laughs) apropos for this episode, given the announcement we just gave, the more busy you get in life, the more selective you have to get with how you spend your free time. And sometimes you have to look at something like a role-playing game and say, you know, this is a hobby. It's not filling what I want. This is not a group that's working for me. I don't like the tenor or the content of these games. And so... Rather than try to correct it, I'm going to move on. Or if not move on, I'm going to look for a way to correct it. But I think in saying that, there's something that we have overlooked. And this is what I was contemplating, which is all of us started somewhere that if I am a passable to good GM today, I only got there on the bones and blood of the ghastly, awful, humiliating, embarrassing games that I ran when I was younger. I mean, what is Fear the Boot? Yeah, it is a monument, monument to our failures. Exactly, a monument to our failures. And in some cases, if there had been a mentor there who had been like more experienced... Fear the Boot. Yes. And like, its handsome hosts. Like if I had been able to go back in time and give me advice... Uh, buy Bitcoin... Really, yeah. you know, see, you went to Bitcoin, and I immediately went to Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> no, actually, like, as soon as I'm like, I'm back in time. <laughs> really, my thought was uh, bet big on the '99 Rams, <laughs> right? Because that was like, was it fifty thousand to one odds or something like that of them uh, winning the okay. Super Bowl? Buy fruit, as in buy apple. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, so buy its stock. Don't actually buy its product. <laughs> But there are. Even was that? It was just growling. That's why I love you. But there are certain things that I think I could have told myself to improve the way Mm -hmm. I was game mastering, less maps, or the way that we were playing. But there are other things that I don't think came from anything but time and experience. I mean, let's be honest. How much advice in our lives do we actually listen to? This is something a little bit unrelated someone pointed out to me. But do you realize that every time someone gets in a really bad romance, all their friends tell them and they never, ever, ever listen and they get in it anyway and then end up regretting it? I remember a conversation I had with Chad when I was first starting to role play and they were talking about 
various things kept, would come up around the table about, you know, these are the cliches, these are this mm-hmm. and that. And I had the conversation with him. It was like, I want to experience the mistakes. Yeah. I haven't played D&D at that point. I hadn't played any published system at all at that point. And it's like, yes, I know these are cliches because you guys have told me them. You have all of these reasons why you never do these things. I want to experience that. Yeah. I don't want to just be told. It's like when you come to do something and you read the manual. <laughs> Who does that? No. You go in, you experiment, and you have experiences. Some of those experiences are being crappy. Yeah. yeah. If you drive and you've ever driven on ice, there are some things I can tell you before you get in the car and get behind the driver's wheel. There are other things that you just have to feel out on your own and learn the hard way after eating curb a few times. <laughs> oh, I am so grateful to my mom when I was learning to drive. The first time it snowed, she took me to an empty parking lot and we had a driving lesson <laughs> because it is so counterintuitive to turn into right. the skid. The skid. Mm-hmm. You know it, you've been told it, but until you build the muscle memory of doing it by experiencing it, preferably in a safe place like a big empty parking lot, you don't do it. Your body is fighting against your mind when you mm-hmm. go to do something like that. Yeah. Do you know how many wrecks I've gotten out of either by turning or counterintuitively hitting the gas when the impulse is to slam on the brakes? So would you guys say that Fear the Boot is a bad show? No. Because we give advice that helps people avoid mistakes? No, no, I I don't (laughs) think so. Because of the fact that part of what we're talking to is people, I think mostly, that have at least a mid-level experience who are trying to get up to that next level to improve their games a little bit more. Whereas this advice is kind of forked. Mm -hmm. It's aimed simultaneously at the people who are just starting out and the people that are very experienced who are in their games. And the advice, kind of the punchline that I have to this, is that sometimes, yes, you can give advice and you should. Sometimes you need to be judicious with your time and say, you know what, I'm a busy person. I don't want to spend my Saturday or Sunday or whatever in a game where I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. But conversely, sometimes the only way a GM grows is to go through that metamorphosis from a new, inexperienced game master to someone who's older, more mature, more practiced. And to get there, that requires people just sitting there through those games Sometimes accepting that maybe this isn't the most enjoyable experience, but there is an investment there because this person is not just a pellet dispenser of your fun. They are also your friend, your family member, whatever they may be. And so therefore it is worth investing in them, even in a suboptimal level of fun to help them discover their real talents at a point where you may not be able to guide them. And I'm going to throw this out there based on your question. Mm. Going back to my example of driving around in a parking lot that's safe, there's plenty of advice steer into the swerve. Mm -hmm. Just having that advice and knowing it is valuable. Yeah. 
It's when you put it into practice and use it that it becomes a skill. And I think that's part of what we're talking about here is you give people with the podcast toolbox of items and ideas. So when they get in that situation, they don't feel like they're out in orbit by themselves. They feel like they had a support staff here Mm -hmm. that's fed them options and now they can go through those options and they will experience them. That's why I I completely disagree with right. that idea of yeah. is it a bad idea to have the advice out there because then I disagree with it too. Yeah. And because <laughs> it's a case of there is advice and then there's experience and sometimes it's good to have the advice in the back of your head when you're ignoring it because then when you experience it you understand why the advice was given. Yeah, now, exactly. Now, it, Mike, you were about to go crazy and say a whole bunch of stuff and then these two start monologuing. For me, as a game master, mm. it's this way with me for many, many things. Sometimes okay. it takes me longer to do things than it does other people. Like get your idea out. And yeah. sometimes I'll get to the fucking point, but I just need you to be patient with me. Mm-hmm. And so as a game master that may need advice or want feedback from other people, there is also, you know what? Just fucking be patient. I'll get where I'm going. I may not drive exactly like you do, but I'm behind the fucking wheel, so shut up. <laughs> well, and I think there's something to be said for that, too. You may drive different than someone else. Maybe everyone else at the table, except for that one person, is 100% on board with the way you're driving. Mm-hmm. That one person isn't happy, and them right. bringing that up to you but, is going to bring down but, the entire table. But if I pull over the car, and I get out, and I... Offer the driver's seat to any other <laughs> occupant in the fucking car, and nobody wants to drive. Don't you dare criticize what route I take <laughs> or how fast I fucking drive. Not that you're big hey, or salty. <laughs> no, I'm with you here. There is nothing that will piss me off more than a backseat driver that then won't step up to do it themselves dude oh my god one of the worst fights my wife and i ever got in and i just don't drive anymore i'm like if we're Mm -hmm. going someplace together i'm not touching the wheel i refuse i mean you better be dying Mm -hmm. and unable and unable to operate a motor (laughs) vehicle in addition to dying before i touch that wheel because we've gone through that so many times like, I'm not doing it. I'm not driving ever again. So that was actually why I originally got my driver's license was my mom went into the hospital for a point and then I had to ride with my dad. My dad's driving scared the hell out of me. So I went out and I got my license <laughs> so I could drive myself and never have to get in the passenger seat of his vehicle again. I didn't complain about his. Well, that's a lie. I complained a lot about <laughs> his driving, but then I learned how to drive myself and drove myself. Yeah, well, and I think in here rests two points. One is the one that I've been making which is that if I look at my own history as a game master, part of the reason I got where I did is because we as a group basically all started at about the same time. And so... And we were all idiots. Yeah, honestly, kind of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but... (laughs) Jokes aside... I was a brand new, terrible GM, and you guys were brand new, terrible players. Oh my God, if I were to GM for us... Yeah. Transferred in time forward, I would be... No. No, I would get into one game. I'd be like, okay, you guys need to find a hyperactive teenager who was me back then to run this or play with you because I can't. And we all grew together. And the reason I was able to grow and you guys were able to grow 
is because people kept coming back. Mm -hmm. If that had been a mixed group where I was the only spastic teenager and everyone else was this experienced Mm -hmm. whatever, and they said, no, we're not going to deal with this, then I never would have had the opportunity to grow as an individual. I think there is a second point that Wayne and Brodor were starting to get at, or maybe we're getting at, that I want to develop a little more, which is there is another truth, which is in teaching them. Yes, there are some universal truths at the sink or swim level, but there are a lot of things where you may be styming their style, where a person may be developing a unique style of game mastering or playing that isn't yours, but is equally valid. And when it fully matures, will be a wonderful, enjoyable experience. Or or it won't. Or it won't. Because but- that's me, right? That's how I game master, is that I experiment a lot and I try a lot of things. And it requires a bit of self-awareness to understand that it's art, it's not science. Some people game master, like Wayne and Dan, and I see how you game now, Mike, is you guys game more of the science with some art, yeah. and I'm the other way around. I am more of the art with a little bit of science, right. and it fails, right? It, it's like you try things, and a lot of stuff fails, but the stuff that works really seems to work really well. well and this isn't completely true, but let me speak here in a broad generality. That Wayne, who at least among the four of us is the newest to gaming, though no longer at this right. point new to gaming. I mean, you've been He's gaming. He's not an innocent little babe. A, a decade or whatever. <laughs> no, but he if, has a big, gaping, well used, okay. serviceable but, instrument. Yeah. But if we look at where <laughs> Wayne was when he was starting out, yeah. if Chad had conformed him completely to his advice, or I mm-hmm. conformed him completely to mine, we would have kept Wayne from forming his own GMing style. And Wayne yeah. does have his yeah. own GMing style. Absolutely. I think some of it you could very reductively call the midpoint between Chad and I. Mm. But I think there are other parts that are wholly his own that, once again, if we had expected that, no, you need to listen to our advice, and he had accepted that as the gospel truth of what is correct versus incorrect, as opposed to stylistic choices, he never would have had the chance to develop into the person that he is. And what's amazing, too, well, not amazing, I guess it's actually really expected, is that over the years, Dan, your style and my style have transitioned. It's not that they had an equilibrium. You have gone lighter, faster, more agile, more of the art of Game Master. I mean, just look at the Saw game. Yeah. Sure, you had a bunch of notes, but... I'm not talking notes. I'm just talking the ability to shift things on the fly, the ability to you did not used to be able to just sit there and let them role play. Even the system itself. If you look at how the system has changed from the early version that I played, Mm -hmm. I mean, you played far earlier versions to what it is now that shows the changes in Dan's GM style as well. By being a lot more narrative than the original mm-hmm. version that had hard and fast skills with, you know, values. And then from from my standpoint, when I first started the show, it was anything goes. And while I still have that, 
I have brought a lot of structure to my games. I feel I brought a lot more consistency and structure and sort of focus into my games that didn't used to be there. Way more notes. Yeah, a lot of notes. I actually cut something out in one of my game notes that I was editing Mm -hmm. because... This is an amazing podcast that you all should listen to, by the way. I was making a comment about... Oh, no. Am I going to have to become a Patreon to listen to Wayne's... Yeah. Uh, I'm so cheap. That no, that's fucking <laughs> wrong. You're an host that left in good standing. I can't possibly imagine that you wouldn't have access in perpetuity. So what I I'm not Dan, so I'm not, I can't speak for. <laughs> well, Dan, I will say that but if I get to vote, game notes by Wayne Cole on our Patreon is worth way more than a dollar a month. And that's I good because it's not at the dollar level. Oh. <laughs> see well that just i don't think yeah so. no. <laughs> anyway I, I was making a comment on it specifically about myself taking mm-hmm. notes as a player and as a gm and i made a comment on there about how i learned early on that in say a chat game mm-hmm. an npc's name might not be the same from session to session and right. you just need to get used to it and then I cut that because that's not the case anymore. Right. That was the case when I started gaming with you. But now you have names written down for mm-hmm. your NPCs. That hasn't happened since probably back to the Gnarl game. Yeah. And that's why I cut it because it wasn't accurate anymore. Your mm-hmm. GM style has transitioned from what it was to what it is now, which is definitely not the same. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know in terms of evaluating this that I can give anyone listening to this a good litmus test of whether this is a game you should walk away from to whether this is a game where it's worth your time and you care enough about the person to invest in what may be a less than enjoyable experience. Because part of loving your friends, your family members, whoever, is that you want to see them grow in their hobbies and their skills. I can't tell you whether this is worth your time or not. I can say for me, the internal math would be asking, is it a campaign? How long is the campaign planning to last? If it's a couple months, I can get through it. If I'm going to be sitting here for two years and I'm miserable in the game, I think there's, I'm going to be looking for excuses. I think there's also a fair question to ask of how long have they been doing it? If this is someone who's an experienced GM, who isn't growing, who's just sucky, Mm -hmm then maybe it's time to walk or, away. Or We're, to charitably put, sucky for you. Yeah, just not yeah. fair for you, n- right. not enjoyable for you. Or maybe they're terrible. Or maybe, <laughs> yeah. But Or conversely, if this is someone who is very new to the hobby or is very young in age, that you might say, well, this is part of growing up. Yeah, You know, the same way you participate in a little kid's tea party or applaud at their awful school plays or whatever that you sit through their games and you just accept that this is part of growing up and this is part of learning. I have pictures from my school play that I just found over Christmas. I got my mom a digital picture frame. I started going through all of our old family photos and scanning them with like this photo scanner. And I didn't even know these existed. Third grade Wayne up on stage at a play doing stone soup. Hmm. And not Dracula. No, because it was a third grade school Mm -hmm. play. And Stone Soup was actually kind of the basis inspiration for the story that I had in the second sojourn, Mm -hmm. because all of this time that has stuck with me. And I didn't know photos even existed of it. 
And now I have found those photos just hmm. because you brought up a school play. It made me remember that. Hmm. So Sojourn on Amazon still <laughs> go buy it. I have not had this experience myself, mm-hmm. but I am curious and it's a bit of a tangent, but have the three of you, if any of you been in a game that you were the only one that wasn't digging it, right? Like I have had games that I have run that have fall apart for various reasons. I have games that I have participated in that have not gone well for various reasons. I've not personally participated in a game where I was the only player not enjoying the game. I've been the game master many times and been the only person at the table not enjoying the game, but my players are by. So my answer might be a little weird, shocking, no, but controversial, because but... my answer is yes, every single game I've ever played in in my life. So what I mean by that is you're saying, have you ever been in a game that's been bad, terrible, blah, 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 blah. N- only no, for you. Only for me. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, but let's talk about degrees here, right? Because you're talking about a 10 on a terribleness scale, right? I'm just talking about, like, what's wrong with me that I'm the only person not feeling it? Well, there's nothing wrong with me, and I know that. Oh, there's a lot wrong with you, Chad. There's doctors that will tell you. They study the brain. So here's the thing. (laughs) Every single game I've ever played, the ones I've loved, the ones that I are memorable, the ones that I have gone out and bought merch for my keychain right now is a coyote head sort of medallion from a game i played that i loved i love the character love the game every single game i have ever played in my life i've had some sort of problem with and that's not a bad thing it doesn't mean the game writ large is bad it doesn't mean the game master is bad what i mean is there have been instances in every single game where I sit there and I think, you know what? I wouldn't have done it like that. I could do this better. I, I think could do this part better. More like a net score. That if you were yeah. to net yeah. out all the pluses and minuses of a game, that everyone at the table is giving it some kind of net positive right. score. They're giving it, and eight you to alone, they're are, giving it the video game score, and of, you yeah. alone are giving it a negative score. Yeah, negative. And you were the and once again not over some issue. But the whole game netted out to right. you. This is a negative experience well, and everyone else is having a positive well, experience. What, what I was just to wrap up what I was thinking, too, is that that's what drives me to Game Master. Right. It inspires me. Wonderful game. Wonderful players. Wonderful character. Wonderful Game Master. Loved it all. And just this little thought of I could have done it a little bit better. Right. Or I could have done not the game as a whole. It's like maybe I would have done this different. Maybe I would have done this differently maybe i would have done this a little bit better i had a little bit better idea for that that little funny that's how i feel about every session i run after i run it i could have done that better than myself yeah then well for me it's a little seed that gets planted and then that is what drives me to game mastering it's like putting my money where my mouth is of this idea of well okay then do it better improve the thing and sometimes i'm right and sometimes i'm wrong sometimes i don't do it better i was wrong but as far as being in a game where everybody was like wow that is an awesome great wonderful game and i'm like are you kidding me 
Yes. Yes, I have been in those games. And to me, they're usually like one shots. You Con games. Con games are a lot like that. I don't think but, I have. I, oh, I have. Every game that I have been in that I didn't like, there was at least one other person at the table that didn't like. I don't think I've ever been the odd man out where I was the only person that did not like a game. Well, I don't always know. So there's been a few games where the campaign was just horrid and nobody talked about it. And then once it was over and people started talking, then you come to realize, oh, I wasn't the only one that was not having fun. No one was, and no one wanted to say it. Or I've had the case where I'm the only one that's not having fun because I'm running the game and it's not working. And they're all saying it's great, and they may be lying to me, but I don't understand why they think it's great because this is crap. It happens to me with con games a lot. Simply because I like to try new different things things i haven't done before so i read a description i'm like i've never done that before i don't even know how that works i'm gonna give it a shot rather than play savage worlds D, whatever my normal go-to would be actually the weird games are my go-to and i sit there the thing is everybody else at the table signed up for it because that's what they want i signed up for it because i don't know if that's what i want and maybe that's why i've had just as many experiences like that at con games because like you, I look at a mm-hmm. con as a chance to try systems I've never played. So I jump into con games that I know nothing about because it's a brand new system to me versus I'm excited to be in this particular game. Sometimes I'll jump in a game because I'm really excited to be about it. But a lot of times it's say, OK, now that I'm playing this, this Fiasco. system sucks. Fiasco is a perfect example of that. Fiasco is a terrible role playing game. It's immensely popular. People, well, at least they used to. I don't know if people really even play it much anymore. Uh, when it was popular, I mean, it was just everywhere. And I played a game of it at a con, and admittedly, it wasn't the best run game. Not that you run Fiasco. Mm-hmm. We we had some trouble with the rules. I could parse the difficulties we had with it out. You know, I, I can forgive those. I can understand them. Nobody could fix that. Aside from that, the game itself that I played was painful to play. It was like a role-playing game that tried to stop you from role-playing or force you to role-play too much, and I hated it. I've had once or twice where I've really enjoyed a game that I've come to find out everyone at the table hated, including the person running it. Now, that I have had. The reverse scenario of I've been the only one at the table that liked the game? Not yes. as the Not as the game master. No, no, not as right. the game master. As, the game as master. a player. I have had a couple games where I found out I was the only person at the table that was having a good time, but I have never been in the reverse seat where I was the only person at the table. I've had GMs at con games afterwards apologize for their games, and we're like, but that was fun. Well, and remember, these two would be like, you know, oh, I'm terrible. Oh, I run a horrible game. And everyone's like, oh, my God, it was great. Whereas I would be there, everyone would be like, God, that was awful. And I'll be like, nailed it. (laughs) All right, well, I think that's where we're going to wrap this one up. Check the show notes. Should be links to a couple of things. and also, Including all of my social media links. And also, which is nothing. Yeah, which is nothing. And also keep an eye on the future show notes here in the next few episodes because we will be getting up a link to the Con Planner site so you can start signing up for your events at Fear the Con. And beyond that, have a great week and great games, and we will catch you next time. I don't think I'm going to do a a close out. I'm just going to say goodbye. Goodbye.
This has been a production of Fear the Booth, copyright 2022. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so at patreon.com slash feartheboot.